This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Welcome in to episode 18 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, a sweep edition, kind of, sort of. They only won two, but still, I'm calling it a sweep. I'm Tyler Uramchuk. He is Cam Lewis. We're going to be joined uh, coming up right away by Kenny Ducey. He's an MLB analyst with DraftKings. We're going to talk about the American League. But first, Coombsy, two wins. You literally cannot ask for more than that. You can't. That's exactly what you wanted when you are at home against the Miami Marlins, one of the few bad teams we've seen ever. Bad might be a bit of a stretch. I'd say below average. The Marlins aren't bad, like Baltimore, Detroit bad per se, but they're they're not good. Yeah. And the Blue Jays pretty much through April and May have almost exclusively seen at least above average pretty good teams. So that's a nice break in their schedule. And they capitalized with a couple of wins, and it was quite a bit of fun to watch. Yeah, one of the categories I like on MLB.com is game, their record against teams above 500, right? The Jays have played 35 teams with records above 500. The Red Sox, for example, have only played 20, which is a pretty crazy difference. But the Jays walk away with two wins. Uh, that's second win, especially. Like, that's yeah. exciting shit. After watching them for the last couple of weeks consistently come up short and blow games late, it was nice to see them on the other side of that. It was also really nice to watch them play a game in front of Blue Jays fans. I was getting quite sick of watching them play against Yankees fans and Red Sox fans and Braves fans in Dunedin and getting heckled and booed yeah. in their home park. So it was nice to see uh, Salem Field in Buffalo packed out with a bunch of Jays fans. I'm sure I'm sure that was actually like a, like a positive game changer for the team, I would say. I think that gives them a little bit of a boost. They're getting cheered for for arguably the first time all season. Yeah, I, I bet you it does give them a bit of a, a bit of an emotional boost. It probably really felt like a home opener of sorts. Uh, let's recap this series a little bit more with three up, three down brought to you by Twig and Berries. Head there now, twigandberries.ca. Use that promo code NATION15. Uh, a lot of really good individual performances in this stretch, but one guy I really liked batting seventh, Lourdes Gurriel. He goes three for four with an RBI in game one, follows it up in game two by going two for four as well. He did strike out twice, but still, I mean, the guy goes five for seven or five for eight, whatever it was. Um, that's a really, really good couple of games for Lourdes Gurriel, who continues to give them good results lower in the lineup. Yeah, it'd be fantastic if Gurriel can finally heat up. I mean, his last two seasons, 19 and 20, he was uh, healthy for most of 2020, but 2019 was a bit 
kind of it because he missed like more than half the year due to injury, put up an 869 OPS, 882 OPS in those two seasons. This year, he's sitting at a very ugly 674 OPS, but it does seem as though he's heating up, which would be really nice for the, uh, the lineup. I mean, the lineup, to be totally honest, is been far from an issue for the team. It's been yeah. very good They're I think they're third in baseball and runs per game the last time I checked. So the line has been fantastic. You know, Vlad, Semyon, Teoscar, Bo has been pretty good, but if you get Guriel rolling too, and then you get George Springer back at some point, eventually, maybe September, I don't know when that's going to happen, but if mm-hmm. you do and you get Guriel rolling, then sweet Lord, that's going to be a, it's going to be a, like a 2015 level offense, maybe even better than 2015. Maybe because right now the Jays are second in the majors in home runs. They are second in the majors in batting average and they lead MLB in OPS as well. It's been a great year for the offense. And like you said, reason to believe it could only get better if Springer comes back and if someone like Lourdes Gurriel continues to swing a hot bat. Uh, Speaking of a hot bat, Randall Grichuk comes through. I said Grichuk. I nailed it. You did. Uh, Two home runs in that second game. It's a damn shame no one was on base for either of them. But regardless, a couple of big dingers for uh, for Randall. It's true. It's uh, It seems as though when they signed George Springer in the offseason, Randall just spent the entire winter looking at tweets about him getting traded for some reliever, some other shitty overpaid player. And he was like, fuck that. I'm going to break out next year and be unbelievably good. And he has uh, high heat stats put up uh, Randall Grichuk's last 162 games for the Jays. This is this year. And, you know, last year. And then a bit before that too is 36 doubles, four triples, 38 homers, 112 RBIs. That's pretty damn good. If he could draw some walks, uh, high heat stats says, cause he only has 29 walks to 139 strikeouts then he'd be a legitimate superstar. And that's one player where nobody like thinks that way about him at all. I mean, he's such like an afterthought in this lineup, like, but he's honestly been like, especially with Springer missing, it's um, missing most of the season due to injury. It's been such a game changer having him be good pretty much consistently all year. I think he's had one or two cold stretches, but all in all, damn, it's a good thing they didn't trade him for, whoever the fuck this was salary relief like yeah yeah no kidding it's a good thing they hung on because they've got themselves a very good player here and even if they decide to move on say in in the next offseason or whenever like his value is probably significantly higher than it was Uh, he's tied for 28th in the majors when it comes to home runs he's got 11 so does Bo. and as i kind of go through the list of of who's leading the majors in home runs or who's up there <laughs> like semian's also tied for 10th and then obviously Vladdy. you also have vlad tied for first which is that's right he hit another one in this two game set which was great to see as well that's what he does it's all he's he does man. now. He it's, stingers. it's the norm, right? Just Vladdy crushing baseballs now. It feels good to say that, but that is kind of the norm. He's on pace for 51 homers, I think, this year. I'm not sure. I think I think the watch is, can he break Jose Bautista's 54 record? That, that'd that be like an interesting thing to watch. But I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a big ask. That's a conversation we'll have further down the line because there are some layers to that as well. But uh, the third up I have written down in three up, three down is a solid bounce back performance from the bullpen. You can go back to game one where Robbie Ray was great through six innings or solid through six innings. I should say he struck out nine and gave up six hits and a couple of walks. But then Miza, Dolis, Romano, each pitched an inning. Neither of them gave up a run. Dolis struck out three as well. Um, a nice little collection of, of outings there. And then you go to the second game where Manoa struggled. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but Piams, Miza, Thornton, Edwards, Castro, every all of them pitched pretty well. So the bullpen with a nice little performance here. 
Yeah, I think the only earned run by the bullpen this in this two-game series was that solo home run that Trent Thornton allowed. Yeah. Uh, the Joel Pamps inning specifically was a huge game changer. He came with the yeah. bases loaded, and the game could have imploded if he didn't have that huge, um, that huge go there. So he was kind of like the low key MVP of the second game. But yeah, no, it's it's not super surprising to see the bullpen bounce back. I mean, there are some pretty good arms in there. I'm not going to say it's the strength of the team. Like we all know that they weren't going to be as good as they were in April for the whole season. But after all those, you know, seven inning games and all those uh, off days they've had recently, the bullpen's significantly more rested. You know, they're getting better starts from starters, so they're not as burned out. And that's pretty much the key. So as long as, you know, we're not doing bullpen days and mm-hmm. having starters go two innings and stuff like that, then, you know, the relievers will be fine. I do still think that the bullpen is a place where the the, the front office most certainly needs to add before the trade deadline, but you know, we're still a ways away from that, but it is good to see them bounce back and be better. Generally one of those areas that isn't too difficult to add to come deadline time either. Right. Like we're not, yeah, we're not in a spot where they're giving up, you know, a big name prospect to help no. beef up the bullpen. Like it's smaller moves that can still be impactful. Like look at the Jason Grilly trade even, right? Like that worked out well. You didn't have to go give up an arm and a leg for him. Yeah. Jason Grilly, Joaquin Benoit, just, mm-hmm. you know, veterans to have in the bullpen so that you're not, I mean, Pamps is just the name that comes to mind, but in September in a, in a, in a, you know, a race for the division or a race for a playoff yeah. spot, you probably you don't really want necessarily him pitching in those spots. They need to add some, you know, veteran talent to the mix, especially getting, when you're, you're going to have like David Phelps is out for the year. Kirby Yates is obviously not coming back. Not very many veterans back there. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit as well, but the downs now, uh, Alec Manoa, not as dominant in his second career start. Uh, no reason to, you know, pull, pull any fire alarms or panic or anything like that. But in three and a third, he gave up four hits. He did strike out five, but he gave up four hits, four earned runs as well. Three dingers, which was a little concerning there. Uh, what did you like? What was the difference here? Uh, the concerning thing, I guess, is the fact that his fastball was about a mile, a mile and a half per hour slower than it was in his debut. So it's like, okay, was he throwing harder in his debut because he had the adrenaline of being a rookie or is there something going on? And now his velocity is a bit down. Is it a cold weather in Buffalo thing? Like, what was it? Is there, you know, so I guess, I mean, I wouldn't draw too many big conclusions from what's kind of just like a bit of a hangover start. You know, he had his amazing first outing and then expectations are sky high. And then he comes out against Miami, allows three bombs. Remember we are playing in Buffalo here. Everything goes out, everything like it's Coors field basically. So, I mean, like the Corey Dickerson one, the, it, it looked like he barely even hit it and it ripped out the jazz chisel one, same thing. It was like opposite field looked like a lazy fly ball <laughs> just ends up going out of the park. So I'm not going to be too concerned, but I mean, I guess we'll see. It wasn't, it wasn't like a Nate Pearson meltdown where he was walking everybody. At least the ball was in the strike zone. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's, and maybe that's the second down is that balls were flying out of the field, but even then it's going to benefit the Jays as well in a lot of situations. And even then, like it's a slight upgrade from the Dunedin factor, but it's maybe not as big of an upgrade as I was kind of thinking it might be like, it still is a relatively small park. Like you said, Coors field esque. Pretty much. It's not, I don't think it's as bad as Dunedin, but it's, it's, it's the same energy. That's for sure. Uh, another down, they didn't get a ton of offense from uh, the catcher position. Uh, well, Reese McGuire hit ninth in both games. He only got one hit in seven at bats. It's, you know, I'm nitpicking here, like rather really ex- reaching here, really reaching, but it's not even that much of a problem. If like the one no. dead spot in your lineup is the catcher hitting ninth. 
No, it's not the end of the world. I mean, <laughs> the Jays, you know, whatever. Reese McGuire was, at least he contributed. He was, um, he started the rally in the ninth inning on Wednesday. Yeah. So that's positive, I guess. I mean, I think we've all accepted now until Alejandro Kirk is back or Gabe Moreno is up. Never know that we're not going to be getting offense from the catcher position. Like Johnny Jansen's not going to hit sub 100 for the year, but I think we've all just accepted that <laughs> it's going to be a black hole. And as long as they're providing defense and, you know, calling good games and doing like what you need to do as a catcher, then it's fine. You just live with it. It is what it is. Yeah. It's a debate I've had before, but like if the, the, if there's one spot, forget like your batting lineup, yeah. like in your organization that can be a black hole, it's like a good defensive catcher. Right. And that's yeah. kind of what Jansen's bringing. If Kirk, when he's healthy again, again, no, no use trying to guess injuries with this team. No. Um, but when Kirk comes back, you'll be in a spot where you can use both of them and you probably want to lean to Kirk a little bit more, but for the time being, not exactly too much of an issue. I don't have a third down. Do you? Like, no. they won two. They won like, two games. It's great. Happy yeah, for them. Nothing to bitch about there. Um, Can't he, I even looked at, like, the out-of-town scoreboard because I was like, oh, I wonder if, like, you know, there's some interesting, you know, were, were they getting screwed? Was everyone they're playing against? And no. Like, even then, like, the Red Sox, did they not just get swept by, uh, yeah, they just lost three in a row to the Astros. So, like, yeah, that there went we go. fine. The Rays won a bunch from the Yankees, but Toronto was just able to pull closer to the Yankees. So no problems there. So that'll conclude three up, three down brought to you by Twig and Berries. Remember that promo code is nation 15. And uh, we're going to switch things up a little bit here. Not a ton to get to because they handled the Miami Marlins relatively easy. We're going to set up the series coming up against the Houston Astros, but figured this was a good enough time to take a look outside of Toronto and go around the American league a little bit and talk about the way some things are going with other teams. And to do that, we are joined by Kenny Ducey, DraftKings MLB analyst. Uh, Kenny, we're going to go around the American league here. So let's just start with this. It's a, it's a simple one. I'll put it on the tee for you. Who's been the biggest surprise in the American league for you from a team perspective? Oh, I was, I was ready to say from a player perspective, we can do that next. Uh, look, I, I do think, though, that it's been the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, I think that really all season long, we know that the Toronto Blue Jays have the talent to compete with, you know, some of the best teams out there. I think that they were very lofty expectations for this team. And so far, I mean, uh, up until a couple weeks ago, they were missing expectations. And now, you know, the way that they've been hitting the ball, I mean, I, I think that I've just, we've just seen drastic turnarounds from some of these players and it's just been astounding. It's been staggering to see. Um, I think this division's wide open. I think it's very much up for grabs. So if I had to pick a team that that's really impressed me, I think it's gotta be the blue Jays, at least lately. Uh, I think we knew that the Rays were going to be good. Uh, I, you know, I, I obviously, if you want to talk about just straight up surprises in a bad way, maybe the Yankees, but I think that the blue Jays here have, uh, have really come on pretty strongly. Uh, for which player has surprised you? Was the answer going to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? <laughs> no, it's going to be oh. Marcus Simeon, man. Okay. Marcus Simeon's been hitting the cover off the baseball. I'm a proud owner in an American League only fantasy baseball league, so I'm a little bit biased. But look, I, I think that this guy, you know, I, I kind of thought, okay, you know, he got hot for a week. He had a hot week. He's turned a hot week really into a, a, a hot last calendar month. And I think it's about time to start thinking about whether or not this guy's for real. He's had all the talent in the world. He had some good seasons over there in Oakland. And he really fell on hard times last year in a contract year. No one really knew where he was going to play. The Blue Jays kind of just took a shot on this guy. 
and he has rewarded them in spades, man. I mean, he he has been looking real red hot. His WRC pop over the last week is over 200. And he just he's a five-category player for you. I mean, he's a five-tool player. He's great in the field. He gives them speed on the base pads. Uh, let's, let's take a look at another division here. And I want to talk a little bit about the AL West, where you got Houston right now trailing Oakland by half a game. I'm a little bit surprised at that, but that race is probably going to be tight right till the end. Which one of those two teams would you maybe favor in that? So I actually recently was discussing my favorite future bets to make right now in baseball. And one of my favorite futures is the Astros to win that division. And they're, it's a round of pick them between the Astros and the A's. And the thing is, the, the Mariners are not winning that division. Let's get one thing straight right now. The Seattle Mariners are not winning the American League West. I don't think that they have the talent on offense right now. I think that in a, in a year or two, they're going to be a formidable opponent in that division. But right now, you know, thinking about it, uh, I, I would definitely have to favor the Astros because the, the Oakland Athletics, they have a problem with their pitching. It's a big problem. I think that they have a lot of guys that they um, somewhat foolishly to me. I mean, I never thought that Jesus Lazardo and Frankie Montas were good. I mean, I, I it, it's a recurring theme in all of my stories I write at DraftKings that I every time Frankie Montas pitches, I fade him. He, he's bad. Uh, and a lot of these guys, even Sean Manaya started to regress a little bit. So I just think that in general, when you look at this pitching staff and this bullpen, right, that lost Liam Hendricks, uh, it's it's still okay, but they're definitely they're definitely not as strong as in years past. Now, offensively, we know that this team can hit, right? But I do just think that when you look at the co- the complete nature of this team, when you look at is this team going to hold up, you know, without pitching, I just don't see it. And we saw it even with the Yankees, right, to, to bring it back to the American League. We've seen it with the Yankees in years past. We've seen the Yankees just try to re- rely on their hitting, and it hasn't worked out. And that's with, like, one of the best offenses in the league. The A's just top to bottom. Uh, I don't think that they're a top-five offense right now. And, and because of that, without pitching, I don't think they're going to hold up. And the Astros, meanwhile, have been an outstanding team. Their bullpen's been awful lately. But I mean, they do, they do have one of the best offenses in baseball, no doubt. Last one here for you, Kenny. We like to throw around the term frauds on this podcast a lot, which sounds harsh. I love that. (laughs) Uh, But I'm looking right now, like I didn't think Cleveland would be as good as they are. And I didn't think the Red Sox would be as good as they are. Which one of those two teams is the bigger fraud in your opinion right now? Who's going to fall off a cliff quicker? Uh, you know, I would have said the Red Sox about three weeks ago. I was I was not a believer, but I, I am starting to become a believer in the Red Sox. I mean, I definitely feel like what we're going to see regression hit Garrett Richards, uh, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez. You know, his his next extended stint on the injured list is coming any day now. Uh, so I do think they're going to regress a little bit, but I still think that this team like could win the division. No doubt. I mean, I, I love Alex Verdugo. I like a lot of these bats. Uh, Cleveland, I mean, Cleveland's just kind of running on fumes to me. I still don't think that I don't understand how they do it. I mean, I think it's a testament to Terry Francona, but if I have to pick a fraud, fraudulent team out of those, it's probably going to be Cleveland. Kenny, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for the insight around the American league. Have a good one. Great talking to you, Tyler. All right, there you go. That is Kenny Ducey from DraftKings with a quick, quick look around some American League stories. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting race, especially down in, in Houston. I like. I wanted to touch on that with him specifically because I know he follows that division fairly closely. And uh, some insight on the Astros bullpen, which has been struggling as of late, and that ties in nicely to the recap here 
or the wrap up of our podcast and the look ahead to the next series. It's three against the Houston Astros. Uh, we're going to get uh, Battle of the Aces on Friday, which will be a ton of fun. And then it's Stripling and Mats for the next two, the Astros. Fourth in team OPS against left-handed left-handed pitchers, which might be a bit of trouble here for the Jays. They also have 26 homers against lefties, and that's tied for the most in the majors. Tough test here for the Toronto Blue Jays. Hey, Coombsy. This is exactly what is a tough test. The Astros are one of the better teams in the American League, and they're also one team that the Blue Jays are going to be perhaps competing with for a wildcard spot down the road because, as we know right now, there's kind of a four-team race in the AL East. Obviously, all four American League East teams cannot make the playoffs. Meanwhile, in the West, Damn. Houston and Oakland are kind of have a bit of a dogfight going on. Oakland's 33 and 25, Houston's 31 and 24. So one of those teams is going to be in the mix for the wild card. No idea who it's going to be, but could be Houston. So you're going to want to win these head to heads. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the joys of being in a playoff race is that even when it's June 3rd, we're already like, all right, th- this set has implications. Uh, something you touched on was the Jays playing a lot of difficult teams early on. And when you look at their schedule coming up here, like it maybe doesn't get easier right away. Houston, the White Sox, the Red Sox, the Yankees. But after that, like that's where the Jays are probably going to make some hay is in the the later parts of June here and heading into July. Yeah, we have a situation coming up here where, so it's Houston, Chicago next, the White Sox. And then there's a whole bunch of games against the division. So there's a Boston series, a four-gamer, three games against the Yankees, and then a whole lot of games against Baltimore. I think they play Baltimore like 10 times in the span of two and a half weeks. And then there's some, you know, Rays games sprinkled in there. But it'll be nice because the Jays haven't yet played the very bad teams in the American League. The only bad team they faced was Texas, and that was right at the beginning of the season. So can't draw too many conclusions from that, but they haven't seen, you know, Minnesota who's 22 and 33 Detroit who's 23 and 32 or Baltimore, who is a decrepit 19 and 37. So it'd be really nice to see the Jays face the fucking Orioles for the first time this year. I'm very excited to finally see them. And I know we're whatever, still over a month away from the, uh, from the all-star game. But even when you look at the beginning of July, like three against the Rays, that's a big series three against the Orioles again, then another three against the Rays, like, a real interesting chance here. If the Jays were to ever get hot and go on one of those beautiful, you know, eight, nine game winning streaks, there's some stretches coming up where it's possible because they play weak opponents and stretches where it would be massive because they're playing teams. They're directly competing against for the either top of the American league East or for one of those wild card spots. Uh, so it's, we're getting probably way ahead of ourselves right now. Cause we have a lot of podcasts to record oh, yeah. up until that point here. <laughs> and uh, it starts with a difficult three game stretch here against the Astros Houston on a four game winning streak. They just swept the Red Sox. Their plus 62 run differential is second in the American league. The Jays they're fourth in the American league in terms of run differential uh, six and four in their last 10, six wins in their last 10 games. That's second best in their division as well. So they're getting some help on the, you know, the out of town scoreboard and things like that. Uh-huh. Some head to head matchups uh-huh. help with that as well. But maybe this is a chance for the Jays to turn it around, make a statement performance against Houston, but two out of three, I'd like, I'd be ecstatic with that. Right. Oh, two out of three would be fantastic. That's that, that's the goal here. I'm pretty hard to imagine you sweeping the Astros. They're a good yeah. team. They have very strong starting pitching and you also, you don't have your best three starters going in this Ryu starting. So you'd like to win that game. Uh, and then the next one, Stripling. Stripling's been pretty good lately, but again, like last time he went up against Houston, it was ooh, a little ugly. And then Steve Matt's been up and down all year. I'd say he's been more good than he has been bad. But the yeah. like you said, the Astros do kick the shit out of lefty pitching. 
So Mavs against the Astros is also a bit of a worry. So I wouldn't be shocked if this ended up being a one and two series, but I'd hope it's a two and one series, but such is life. It's going to be a, it's a difficult six games coming up here, Houston and Chicago. And then it's still difficult Boston and New York, man. The, it really does feel like the tough schedule never really ends, but I, I really am looking forward to these later games against Baltimore. I just, I just see them on the schedule and I'm like, Oh man, that'll be so nice. Stress-free. Hopefully, 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 hopefully. Don't want to jinx it. Imagine the Jays go like one and nine against the Orioles in that stretch or some shit crater their season. <laughs> just don't even say that, man. Yeah, don't put that in the universe. There's no need for that. All right, that, that's going to do it for another episode of Blue Jays Nation Radio. This has been episode 18 for Coombsy. I'm Tyler. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the beautiful weather. Is it going to be beautiful this weekend in Toronto? It is. It's supposed to go up to 32 on Saturday. Yeah, get that AC cranked up. Stay inside. Watch the Jays all day. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Shout out to Kenny Ducey for giving us some time. Coombsy, we will talk again after this set. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.